When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, before we hop into today's episode, wanted to give you a heads up that we will be hosting another free trading workshop around Thanksgiving week. So there's no registration page up or anything like that, but make sure you stay in the loop. That way you can register and that way you won't miss it. It's going to be a very special event. We have some very special guests and trust me, you're going to want to be there. another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. As always, I am your host, Akil Stokes, coming to you three times a week, each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with new episodes available wherever you listen to podcasts at and, of course, on YouTube. Today, I'm going to do something a little bit different, right? This is actually a redo of a podcast that I did before. Now, it's not a podcast that you ever heard because silly me accidentally recorded it and deleted it before ever putting it out. And if you know anything about me, I'm not really in the business of planning what my podcasts are or redoing them or editing them or anything like that. I kind of just turn the mic on and let it go. And usually in situations like that, if, if I don't catch the moment, right, when I'm inspired by whatnot, I just kind of scrap it and figure I'll talk about it at some point again if it's important. And today, I kind of felt guilty because I, I did think it was an important topic that we needed to talk about. So I'm going to record it again. I have no idea what I talked about the first time as far as kind of what rants I went off of. Um, but the general concept is going to remain that I want to talk about two things. One, money being the easiest thing to make. And two eight things that are much harder to do than make money. And this comes from an infographic that I shared um, a few weeks ago. And if you don't follow me on social media, make sure you do so. It's at Akil Stokes RTM. As always, be aware of the frauds out there. If I ever friend request you, or especially if I send you a DM or something like that, and I don't know you beforehand, it's probably not me. If I ever ask you for money or to join a WhatsApp or send whatever they always do, it is not me. Typically, I'm just on there and you know trying to share positivity and trading knowledge and a little bit about myself and my family. But every once in a while, or I should say twice a week at least, or once a week there's a new one, I post uh, an infographic. And it's a little bit of a, it's like a, 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 a cartoon or a picture, something inspirational. And this week, um, it was uh, titled, The Easiest Thing to Do is Make Money. And below that, it said, the hardest thing to do is, and it listed eight things. And we're going to talk about those uh, eight things today. But this is a common theme of the Trading Coach podcast and a common theme of many of the conversations that I have with newer traders where a lot of people complain about 
not being able to trade or maybe they use it as an excuse. I'm not going to get into trading because I don't have any money. And my response is that's just an excuse, right? Money should not be the reason that you get in or out of trading. And, and I'll say this for a few reasons. First and foremost, and this is going to follow up on an awesome podcast interview I just did on Jason Greystone's Always Free podcast, um, talking about just the general understanding of financial education, of finances, and, and really what trading is. And trading isn't a get-rich-quick scheme, right? We uh, Jason shared an example today where he said, He's, he found a review on our, our company. We have a company called Tier 1 Trading where we teach traders how to trade. We just don't teach them. We coach them through it. So we take them through everything we know as traders. We walk them through the process. We hold their hands. We answer questions. It's not like one of those services where we just say, hey, here's a course. Have at it. We're actually working you through the process. Now, one of the main differences between what we do and a lot of the other stuff out on the Internet is that we take a very realistic approach, right? We are not in the business of lying to you. We are not in the business of running a trading company just because we want money. We are in the business of running a trading company because we want to provide value. We want to really kind of change the paradigm on what trading is and, and really in general financial education since it's not talked about enough in this world. Um, but trading is a way to really educate on personal finance, on financial education. Um, and eventually trading should be looked at as a wealth accelerator. Now, if you don't know what I mean when I say wealth accelerator, it means that trading isn't necessarily something that is going to get you extremely wealthy, meaning you're not going to have a thousand dollar account and turn it into a million dollars in you know whatever many days, weeks, months, years. That's just not going to happen. But trading is a tool. Investing in general is a tool. Speculation is a tool that you can use to take the money that you have and grow it at a rapid rate. So grow it much faster than it would grow if it were doing nothing or doing the bare minimum. So that's what I mean by a wealth accelerator. So when we teach people how to trade, right? Or I guess the review, going back to the review, because I never talked about that. The review was bashing us apparently because he said, yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I hung out on tier one trading. I took the, the $1 trial. I spent two weeks and I was talking to the traders on the platform. And can you believe it? that some of those guys were there for almost a year. Why were they hanging out on a platform for almost a year? Shouldn't they be super traders by now? And it's like, no, that's not the point. The first thing we tell our traders when they come in, right, you, you should probably think of it as being like a three-year process in general, right? Now, honestly, to learn how to trade and to start becoming consistently profitable, usually about a year, a year and a half, two, but then you that just starts the process of, of getting on the right track. That gets you on the right track, then you need time to actually kind of get your money working for you and have that snowball effect take over. So typically after three years is where you see a big pop, about a year and a half of training and learning and kind of working through those awkward moments of finding out the differences between live money um, or demo money with no psychological um, attachment, no emotional attachment to it, and live money where you're fearful and, and, and doing crazy stuffs by accident. Um, it takes a while to work through that process. Once you do, once you kind of get to what we call the unconscious competence stage, or essentially you're running on autopilot, you're running like a machine, then you give yourself another year to really start allowing your money to work for you to start compounding and, and start seeing some massive results. So I say that because if you are a new trader going into things and you don't have enough money to fund an account right now, that's not a problem because guess what? You probably shouldn't be trading live for at least 18 months, at least two years 
anyway after you start learning. Now, that gives you plenty of time to save your money. If you're not in a, a good financial place to begin with, you probably shouldn't be trading until you've handled or have a, a good grasp on your personal finances to begin with. So if you're not in that situation, now it gives you two years while you're learning to also do what you need to do on the personal side. And that's a big thing as well, where before you ever get into trading, before you ever get to using your money as a wealth accelerator and investing in or something like that, you need to have your personal finances in order because if you don't, you're going to get into a lot of trouble. And that is actually number one on this list of hardest things to do. And I'll talk about money, making money being the easy part. Number one of the hardest things to do is keep it, right? Making money is easy, right? There's two simple ways to make money. One is by addition. The other is addition by subtraction. So addition is simply working more hours, right? Find a job, right? Work more hours, get a better job that pays more. I know everyone has an excuse, right? There's not enough time in a day, right? Everyone has the same amount of time in a day. And in these days, it's so simple, the, the entrepreneurial type jobs you can get without actually being an entrepreneur, um, like an independent contractor, like an Uber driver, you can make your own hours. So if you have free time on the weekend, you can decide, hey, I'm going to do four hours of Uber today. Or if you don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it, right? You, you can pick and choose. I got friends who are Uber drivers. A lot of them picked it up or DoorDash during the um, beginning of the pandemic because they had a lot of free time. And they said, hey, I'm sitting here doing nothing. Let's make some money. Um, so there's never an excuse for, for not making uh, more income or at least supplemental income. Um, so by addition is the first way. Addition by subtraction is the second way. And this is where having a good grasp on your personal finances comes in handy, right? If you simply, there's, there's a, a very, uh, very simple formula to wealth building, right? It is spend less than you earn, right? You make a certain amount, you spend a certain amount. If you spend less than what you earn, you're going to be moving in the right direction. Now, the problem is people aren't typically financially disciplined, so they have problems spending less than what they earn, whether it's just swiping the credit card because they think credit cards are free money and they can do what they want, or whether it's not understanding that, hey, because you swiped the credit card so much in the past that now you owe interest on the money you've paid. So even if you're not necessarily spending new money on your credit card, you're still getting billed extra money because of what you spent before, and they don't take that into account when they do their budgeting. But a good experiment to run is something called the latte factor. There's an awesome book called The Automatic Millionaire. I can't remember who is the uh, who is the author of it. I'm, I'm on the internet right now, so let me just give it a, a second to type. Automatic Millionaire. I lent it to a friend of mine years ago and never got it back. It is from David Bach. So David B-A-C-H called Automatic Millionaire. And... That's when I first learned, and that book is what first taught me about a cool experiment called the Latte Factor, where essentially what he did was he spent a week or a month or a year, and I, I make this habit as well, of tracking all your finances, right? Track every single penny of what you spend money on, and then you go through it at the end of the whatever the period is and figure out what you're just simply wasting money on um, and, or what can also be trimmed. So my famous example, which all you guys laughed about me at, is why I, I found that I was spending, what, almost um, $200 a month on Midnight Milky Ways, Gatorades, and Baby Bell Cheese, right? It was a habit that ended up being, a, I don't want to call it an expensive habit, but it was an unnecessary habit that 
happened because on my on my way to work, I coached track and field after my trading day. Uh, on my way to work, I would drive past a gas station. I you know, and one day I went in there to get gas, and I was hungry, and I got a Gatorade, and they ended up being two for four, so I got two of them, and then I was you know, so I got a midnight Milky Way, and then I can't pass up on the Baby Bell cheese, and it happened once, and then it happened twice, and before I know it, it was an everyday habit, and before you know it, you're spending you know, uh, ten dollars a pop <laughs> in this uh, at this gas station on stuff that isn't necessary. So that was a big thing. I saved $200 simply, right, by cutting out that habit. And there are many other things you can do stuff like replacing the start the $5 cup of Starbucks coffee and buying your own coffee and brewing from home, maybe not eating out if, if you're, I don't really dine out a lot, but, um, you know, I dined out the other day. I took my, my friend and his, uh, his new wife out for dinner and we ran up like almost a $300 bill, right? So imagine if you're doing that once a week, right? You're boom, right there. That's over $1,000, right? Maybe instead of dining out four times a month, maybe one time a month, boom, you just saved yourself like six, $700 right there, $800. So, you know, they're very, there are many ways you can become financially disciplined without really altering your lifestyle. The problem is most people aren't disciplined enough to do it. So they make money, but they have trouble keeping it. And that's why that's list number one of the hardest thing to do. Um, and I don't think these are in any particular order, but it just happens to be the first one on the list. Number two is believe that you're worth more. And this is, uh, this is important, right? We've been talking a lot about limiting beliefs here on the Trading Coach Podcast and how um, it's going to sound cheesy, the old line, but you have to believe to achieve. And it's really true. Um, when I first started trading, I was very embarrassed. I had zero confidence, um, you know, in that I was going to be successful. In fact, people would ask me what I was doing and I would shy away. Investing thing, I would curl up in like a little ball, if you can imagine. And like, I didn't want to have any follow-up questions because I wasn't very confident in what I was doing. Everyone thought it was a gamble or whatnot. I didn't truly, even though I told myself I believed in my my journey, my goal, my destination, I don't think I truly did. And I remember reading a book, Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins, and he talked a lot about positive affirmations, which is, you know, stand in front of the mirror and recite these affirmations, uh, look yourself in the eye and say it, like, I am statement, I am, I will. I am successful. I will do this. I am this. I will do that. Um, and I started implementing that into my trading plan. And during the first section of my trading plan, I started off with a, a section called philosophy and psychology, which basically runs down what's my philosophy on the market? Do I believe in technical? Do I believe in fundamentals? Um, um, this and that kind of a basic overview of my view in the markets. Like, you know, I'm a big structure trader. I'm not really big on indicator stuff like that. Um, in that section, I snuck in those positive affirmations. And back back in the day, I would read my trading plan aloud each and every day. So one of it said, like, um, one of the reasons I deserve to one of the reasons that I will be a successful trader is because I deserve to be right. I deserve to be a successful trader because I put in this many years of taking a trading course. I deserve to be a successful trader because I'm dedicated to waking up at the same time and following the same routine. I deserve to be a successful trader because right. And then the list went on, went on. It was kind of those pump up things that really started feeding my belief. And what's funny is, or what's interesting is once I started believing more in myself, I started seeing a massive difference in my results. I became more confident um, off the charts and that confidence off the charts allowed me to become more confident on the charts where instead of seeing a signal and being like, oh, do I buy it? Maybe, eh, right? Any of that stuff. 
I was like, signal, higher, high, higher, close, buy, right? For you guys that see me operate in live, right? We have a live trading room where I trade the live markets about two hours a day, three days a week. And when newer traders come in there, they're quite amazed because, you know, I'm, I'm very swift, very robotic in what I'm looking for, where it's like, hey, higher, high, higher, close and entering next bar market. Like, Akil, you didn't hesitate. No, I know exactly what I need. And now it's all just, will the market give it to me? If it does, then I take it. If it doesn't, then I don't take it. Well, Akil, aren't you nervous? The price is making it, it's retracing a little bit. It's halfway to your stop loss. No, my stop loss is there for a very specific reason. I'm very confident in where I put my stop loss at because I'm confident in my analysis. My stop loss is in a place where if price hits that level, I know I am wrong and I don't need to waste any extra money knowing I'm wrong. But if I'm right, price should not come to that level. And as price kind of gets to that stop loss and reverses and turns around, they're like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. I would have exited early. How come you didn't do it? Because I trust myself. Um, so believing that you're worth more, and this goes for stuff outside of trading. I'm just making it trading specific because this is the Trading Coach Podcast. Um, but it goes for anything in life. You have to believe. You have to get rid of those limiting beliefs. You have to believe that you can. And if anyone tells you that you can't, F them, right? Use them as motivation. That's what I did. There are so many people that said, I would never make it, that I couldn't do it. He's just following his dream. He'll be doing this and this in a year from now. And I use it as motivation, right? I, I, I carry grudges. Um, I use them as motivation. I thought about those people each and every time um, I kind of felt unmotivated. Like maybe I didn't feel like waking up and doing something. Boom, name and face popped into my head. Oh, I'm going to show you. Um, and, I, and I got it done. Number three, be willing to develop new habits. Uh, this is tough. And new habits, uh, beliefs, right? Changing your beliefs, understanding that you're worth it, knowing that you're worth more is developing a new habit. So the way that you think about yourself is a new habit. But also specifically, it could be on the charts. The interesting thing about trading is that I think you're foolish if you think the same things are going to work in the exact same ways for forever. Um, I thought that when I was a younger trader and I was pretty foolish where I thought that, hey, you know, this worked in 2009 when we have a very directional market and all you have to do is close your eyes and buy. Um, it doesn't work the same during low volatility times or choppy markets. A more specific example is that for the longest time, I was under the impression that, you know, the more times a level of structure is hit, the more powerful that level of structure is. And as I evolved as a trader, as I grew and I learned, I spent more time on the charts. I spent more time talking to some of the best traders in our industry. I'm fortunate enough to have those type of connections where I can actually pick their minds a little bit. Um, I completely shifted on that idea, right? Where my philosophy now is that the more times the level of structure is hit, the weaker it is, right? I think of a price chart as being like real estate, right? We talk about this in our real estate business and I learned this the hard way as well, right? Good deals don't last, right? We've had a lot of good deals in real estate and at the beginning we weren't really fast on following through, right? We didn't have any everything set up. We kind of had to, oh, that's a good deal. Now let's look into it. Now let's fill up this, uh, this personal, uh, personal financial statement. Oh, let's send it to the bank now. And it's like a week long process and guess what? If a deal is good, it's not going to last a week. Now we've gotten to the point where everything is kind of set up right away, where everything is already done. Now it's literally, I get an email from my dude, push a button, boom, 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 it's in. And then we're, we're in there, we're in the mix, right? But trades are the same way, right? You'll see V reversals in the market. Those are going to be your most powerful reversals. If you ever heard about supply and demand zones, that's the same type of levels, levels where the market doesn't hang around too often. They're very direct and specific um levels where the market gets there, it turns around and boom, it's, it's gone. And that was difficult for me to really change it. I changed that thought process because one, 
I was thinking that way for a very, very long time. And, and you know, traders, we have egos and it's like, you know, I've been having success thinking a certain way. And, and should I really just stop what I'm thinking and really look into something else? Um, but two, from a educator's perspective, right, I'm out here teaching traders, right? I'm teaching traders that are that sign up to be my clients. I'm, I'm teaching traders for free on YouTube and and the Trading Coach podcast, or at least dropping information. I don't know if you want to call it teaching. I think it's a little bit different, but we're we're giving hints for people here on YouTube. And it's often hard for educators to admit that they're wrong. And I see a lot of educators out there where their egos are so big that they could be wrong and they'll just never say it. Um, uh, so for me, it was difficult to be like, hey, guys, I remember I said this in the past, but guess what? I got a change of heart, a change of opinion. And that's just a learning process. You have to be willing to develop new habits, um, specifically for trading, also changing your routine. Right. I don't really enjoy waking up 530 in the morning. Um, I'd rather sleep until, you know, I'm not a big sleeper anyway, but if I can sleep till 637, that would be fine. But guess what? In order to be successful at what I do, I need to wake up and give myself enough time to prep and relax before I actively trade. So I've got to develop new habits of when I wake up, of what I do when I wake up, of when I sleep, what I do during my breaks. All of that is developing new habits. And that's very difficult for many people to do. Believe it or not, you know, a lot of people would rather hit that snooze button and miss out on a chance of making money than put themselves to about what is it, like five minutes of discomfort. <clears throat> excuse me, when you wake up and then put themselves in a better position to profit. But people like that comfort of, of, of not doing anything that makes them feel bad. So it's tough. Uh, number three rolls into number four. Number four is dropping bad habits. That's the same thing, right? So developing new habits typically comes with dropping bad habits. Those are kind of hand in hand. Now, number five, this is always an interesting one. This is when I get a lot of um, questions about as far as like, what does it actually mean? And it says, to be patiently aggressive. And it's it's uh, kind of sounds like an oxymoron, right? Um, but it's actually very truthful. And this goes back to what we talked about earlier about trading be a, being a process, how you want to give yourself at least 18 months to learn and get adjusted and really three years before you start seeing any kind of significant um, monetary changes. And what patiently aggressive means to me is that you want to be deliberate and aggressive in your short-term actions, your minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour, day-to-day, week-to-week actions, right? You want to be deliberate, which means they're 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 pointing you in a certain direction. They're they're aligned with your goals. They have a purpose. It's just not random stuff. Random work just wastes time. That's, that's it's stupid, right? Deliberate, purposeful. Everything you do should be pushing you in a specific direction for a specific reason. And you want to be very aggressive with that. But you want to be patient in your results. So you don't want to expect results right away. Understand that this is going to be a process. It's going to take time. We talked about money compounding um, earlier, right? If we just go back to the compounding example, right? If you're a trader and you have a $1,000 account and you make 50% a year, right? You're an amazing trader. You make 50% a year. You made $500. You're probably looking at the end of the year. You're like, man, I made $500. Like I worked the entire year. I woke up 5.30 in the morning. I read these dumb affirmations. I spent time in the market for $500. That's pointless. But you're thinking the wrong way. Don't think about the dollar sign or the pound sign or whatever it is, wherever you're at. Think about the ROI, the return on investment percentage. Because 50%, a 50% return of $1,000 may not seem like much. 
But what happens when you can do the same actions, achieve that same 50% return, but all of a sudden it's off of a $100,000 account? Now, does that make things a little different? Right? $50,000 is that, that's probably something you're like, hey, not a, not a bad year. But in reality, you're doing the same thing. The only difference is you're doing the same thing with more capital. Right. So be patient because it takes time for your money to grow. But as your money grows and you continue to do the same thing, your return, your paycheck, I guess, is going to become bigger. And that's the cool thing about investing and trading. You can literally do the same thing. You don't have to do more to make more. Right. You can do the same exact thing, invest the same amount of time, the same amount of energy. I would even dare to say eventually you get to the point where you can invest less time and less energy if you're if you're doing things the right way and make more returns. And think about think about it like this. Right. If there was any other job where I said, hey, you, what if I told you you're going to work really, really hard in the beginning, but five years, if, if you dedicate working five years really, really hard after five years, I'm going to pay you more for doing less. Instead of coming in five days a week, you can come in two days a week. Instead of working eight hours a day, you can work four hours a day. But I'll pay you more. You would take that deal, right? No problem, right? Well, trading's the same way. It's a lot of work. In any businesses like this, it's a lot of groundwork in the beginning, right? To develop that foundation. But once you get things going, you literally don't have to do more. And in many cases, you can do less and get a better result. So you need to be aggressive when you're doing that groundwork. The quicker you can lay that groundwork, and I, you know, I don't say quicker in a way of meaning rushing it, but the more time you can dedicate, the more effort you can, uh, you can dedicate into laying that groundwork down, the quicker you can put yourself in the position where you can make that switch where you're, instead of working more, you're working less. Instead of working harder, you're working smarter. And instead of making less, you're making more. So patient with the overall goal, aggressive with the day-to-day -day actions. Number six, keep learning. Uh, we kind of uh, touched on this at, uh, before about me trying to change my philosophy on like structure and whatnot, but you should always be a student. Uh, I think the day that you become, the day that you settle is the day your, the markets or, or, or whatever it is in life is going to pass you, right? You should always be a student. Things are always changing. There, there's always something to learn. I think that's the coolest thing about the, the, the markets and investing is that there's an endless amount of ways to become successful. It is, I believe the markets are a living, breathing organism and, and in a way they are because all the markets are is a, or a price chart, for example, is, is a, is a, um, it's a, um, it's a, a representation of all of the actions of, of all the participants. So everything that we're doing in the world is as human beings and you can say machines and robots as well, but guess what? Human beings are the ones that program it. So it's still us because we're programming them in a certain way. All it is, is a visual representation of what's happening and we are always changing. Although we are predictable to a, uh, to a degree, we are always changing. There's always something happening in the world, right? If, if, if you would have told me we'd have a worldwide pandemic in 2020, back in 2010, it would be a worse um, recession than there, uh, <laughs> I would have I laughed at you. If you would have told me Brexit would ever happen, I would have laughed at you. If you would have told me, hey, we may be seeing negative interest rates in, in certain countries or this or that, I would have laughed at you, right? All this stuff is new. Now, some of it repeats, it repeats in different ways, but a lot of this stuff is new and not predictable. So we always want to learn, right? And the cool thing is, just going back to the example, I was trading during the recession in 2009, 2010. And I thought that was a once in a lifetime opportunity. It made a lot of money, um, but I thought it was a once in a lifetime thing. 
And then lo and behold, 10 years later, it happens again. And what's cool is that the lessons that I learned during that have benefited me during this one. So I don't know that this is going to happen again. There will always be recessions. This is, again, a little unique, but I'm sure it will happen again. And what's cool is that if you're taking this as a learning experience, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're making money or losing money. If you're taking this as a learning experience, when the next time happens or the next thing happens, you're going to be prepared because you took turn, uh, took time to learn about it. Um, and it's pretty cool. Number seven, stay humble. I think this is this goes hands in hand, hand in hand with keep learning. Right. You're 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 not a know it all. You never know it all. Stay humble. Um, trading specific. Right. Understand that you're not better than the markets. The markets will do whatever it wants to do whenever they want to do it. And you need to kind of know your place. Right. I always think of myself. I am a participant. I am a participant, right? The, the, the markets are an elephant. I'm the fly that is, that is flying around the tail. And, and my job is to hop on for a little bit of the ride, right? I'm, I'm not here to control it. I'm not here trying to tell the elephant when to go. I'm just, you know, staying in the game, staying in the game. And if I can catch a little bit of a ride before hopping off, then boom, I'll just stay in the game and hang around for the next ride. So I am simply a participant. A participant. Um, I don't try to catch tops and bottoms, right? The full moves. I try to get my piece. I try to get out. Last one is think big. This is kind of similar to believe that you're worth more, but think big, right? I I find that many people, they don't have big enough goals. And because they don't have big enough goals, they don't get big enough results, right? There's nothing wrong with having a big goal. I know some people look at it, well, it's like, oh, that's unrealistic. But when you say it's unrealistic, that's a limiting belief. And and you've already made it unrealistic by saying that. Whenever I work with people on goals, we we, we always talk about two types of goal. We, we, we talk about um, kind of a, a short-term, more realistic goal. What do you want to do in the next year or something like that? And then we talk about a big reach goal. And a reach goal is like, in life, best case scenario, what is your perfect life? Right. Do you want to live on an island? Do you want to not work at all? Do you want to leave a certain amount for your kids? What is your reach goal? Meaning that if everything were to go perfectly from this moment on, what would that look like? And that should be your main goal, because that's going to be the direction that you want to uh, point yourself in. We talked about deliberate action on a day to day basis. That deliberate action should be pointed towards you getting to that reach goal. Now, will you get there? Some people do, some people don't. Um, I'm a big opinion. My reach goal is so big that I don't think I will ever get there. And and I will also always adjust it and change it every time I get close. But even if you don't get there specifically, if you're taking all the action that is necessary to get there, you're typically going to land in a pretty good good space. What's that saying? It goes... um, Shoot for the shoot for the stars. Um, if you don't make it, you'll at least land on the moon. I may have that backwards. I don't know what's better, the stars or the moon. Um, but one of those type of deal, right? If you shoot for it, and even if you miss it, you're going to land in a much better place than if you had a very small goal that's too easy to get, and then you kind of settle once you get there because that's the finish line, right? Have that have that carrot in front of your in front of your face that you're always chasing. So those are the the eight hardest things. And again, the easiest part of that is making money. The easiest part of that is making money. But if you don't have that foundational understanding of how to make money, how to keep the money that you're making, right? Believing that you're worth the ability to do more, having and being willing to drop old habits and replace them with new habits, understanding that it's going to be a long-term 
play, but you have to be very aggressive in the short term, understanding that throughout the entire process, you need to keep learning, you need to keep humble, then you're never going to achieve that big, massive goal that you're ultimately shooting for. So instead of using an excuse that says, well, I'm not going to start now, whatever it is, because I don't have the money, start with all the other things. And then when it's time to do it, and, and as you're on that timeline, then you can worry about making money. Because as long as you have that skill, you'll be able to do something with it.